Hello and welcome to Global Voices, a weekly podcast that interviews healthcare workers and community health experts from around the world. I'm your host, Malik Gay, and today we're excited to have with us Caroline Wanjiru, Senior Clinical Officer with the Addis Clinic, a telemedicine-based healthcare nonprofit. As always, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review as it helps our community grow. Now, here's our interview with Caroline. Thank you so much, Caroline. We're excited to have a conversation today about our mobile clinics in Kuala County. But uh, before we get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up with the Addis Clinic? Oh, sure, sure thing. Okay, as you introduced me before, my name is Caroline Wanjiru. I'm a registered clinical, Kenyan registered clinical officer. I've been practicing for the past uh, more than five years here. I'm very passionate about community service. I'm very passionate about working with the community. So previously where I had I had been working before, I was really not closely involved with the community. So I kind of liked, I was closed up in one particular area. So when I saw the opportunity to kind of like go to the ground and work with the community, I took it up. That's when I applied for the position at the Addis Clinic to run the mobile clinics and get to work with women in the community and also serve them. So yeah, that was my attraction, just because I have a huge passion for community service. That's beautiful, Caroline. And for people who don't know, could you tell us what you do with our mobile clinics in Kuala County? Oh, yeah, sure. So one of the main things, as guys might not know, we have partnered with a CBO called the Hijabi Mentorship Program. And what the things they do, they work with women and sensitize them about things concerning sexual reproductive health and rights, also support survivors of GBV, which is also another area that I'm really passionate about. So being a clinician, I kind of like bring in a way of providing psychosocial support to survivors of GBV, bringing in a professional glance when it comes to sexual reproductive health and rights and teaching our women and community about these things because where we work, it's kind of like a taboo. We're really not open. Even in Kenya as a whole, we still have not figured out our sexual reproductive health rights properly. So it's something we are all struggling with. So I bring in kind of professional aspect to it. Other than that, we run our mobile clinics, run like door-to-door house checks with our communities. We go check, do checkups on them. We provide medical support. We do consultations for those very severe cases with our online platform, which is Collegium, which is another awesome thing. So we're able to support underserved communities when it comes to healthcare. What people don't know, might not know, is uh, in areas in our country to get access to healthcare is a bit tricky. So people have to travel far. People have to use money. So what we are, use, we are doing with our mobile clinics is bridging this gap so that people get access to quality medical services without having to spend a dime if possible. Wow, truly life-saving work, Caroline. And anyone who follows the Addis Clinic on our social media profiles, and if you don't, you probably should, I'm sure you've already seen Caroline. She's definitely our hero. You can see her volunteering with soccer matches, with the Hijabi Mentorship Program, running to orphanages late at night when she's off work. You do a lot, Caroline, for the Addis Clinic, and you do a lot to promote access to healthcare for underserved communities. How did you end up in the medical space? Interesting story. I don't think I've ever said this in any space. So my grandma died of cancer when I was really young. And I kind of like saw her deteriorate from being this vivid, lively person to becoming very sick and eventually dying. 
I remember lying by her bedside as she deteriorated and stuff like that. Uh, when I grew up, I I understood that they, our parents struggled with getting her proper medical services because we didn't have access to cancer care then. That was in the 90s. So there was a struggle. There was misdiagnoses, those in and out of hospital and stuff like that. I kept saying maybe if she had gotten proper medical care then, maybe she would have lived a bit longer. I don't know. So since then, I became very passionate about medicine. I became very passionate about serving people when it came to giving quality, affordable uh, access to healthcare. So that's where my passion grew. So even if you ask anyone in our family, they'll be like, oh, yeah, she's going to end up in the medicine field, whichever it is, because she's very hands on. She's very she's very passionate about serving people. It also shows when I'm seeing patients, I keep saying any patient, if it's a woman, a man, a child, that's somebody's father, that's somebody's mother, that's somebody's child. So she, they need to get the best of what I can offer as a medical practitioner. So that's where my background came from. Wow, that's such a special story. And thank you for sharing that with us, Caroline. We could definitely see how this influences your work and just the incredible amount of care that you provide your patients with. Can you talk a little bit about what access to health care looks like currently in the communities that you're working in? Oh, man. It's insane. Access to healthcare in the communities I'm working at right now is hard because then you get most communities have to travel very long distances to go to to get a health facility or get proper uh, health care. They literally have because we are on the other side of the ocean. They have to go across the ferry to get specialized care. So if they need to get a cardiologist or whatever kind of consultant, they literally have to go across the ferry to Mombasa to get care. And it costs money. It's not free because these consultants most of the time they're not found in public facilities. There's this one time I was in the field and I keep referring to this story. Uh, this lady came up to me and she's not the baby was not feeling well. And then I told her, okay, these services you need, you need to go to the nearest facility because sometimes we partner with uh, local facilities if they need admissions and all. You need to go to that facility and get help because we can't admit you in our mobile clinic. And she was like, the money I have, I, I'm supposed to choose between feeding my kid or taking them to hospital. So I'd rather feed my kid than spend that money taking my kid to hospital. And it kind of like broke my heart. That's the choices that they have to make. So access to quality healthcare is not easy. It's expensive and not everyone can afford it. So that's the kind of situation we are grappling with in Kuala and in Kenya as a whole. Wow, that's really it. That's really difficult to hear, to be honest with you, Caroline, just thinking that people have to make these very, very difficult choices between feeding their children and providing access to life-saving care for them. And unfortunately, this is something we're seeing in communities around the world. But at the Addis Clinic, we have access to really innovative telemedicine tools. Can you talk a little bit about how you use telemedicine inside of your mobile clinics and how it's expanded the access to care or the care that you could even provide to these community members? I'm very fortunate to, that's the first thing I think I should mention, I'm very fortunate to have the backing of world-class consultants who are able to guide me on what to do on the ground because that means when I'm going to see a patient, I have backing, I have backing of a consultant. Some of these things are not even available in our public facilities. Some of these consultation services are not available in our public facilities. So I've seen situations where I go and a patient needs like uh, a cardiologist review. And because they have to go across the ferry, as I said, to get the uh, to get the review, we've done it. 
literally from the comfort of their homes. So I just log in the case and I get a consultant who responds to my case and I'm able to give a proper medication. I'm, give, I'm able to give proper advice to these patients and they're still on follow-up with us. It is really impressive. Some of the communities are really wondering how does how is that possible? Because then they'd have to spend four thousand shillings to go and see a consultant in a private clinic. They'd have to go and spend five thousand to see a consultant in a private clinic. But we've changed all that. We've bridged that. We've saved this patient from that hassle. That they are able to be seen from the comfort of their homes, from the comfort of their community. I mean, I guess that means a lot because then as referring to the previous story, it means then they can save that money and do other things. They can save that money and channel them elsewhere by the services that we're doing. So the telemedicine platform is amazing. And I'm really honored to be working in partnership with those consultants. Wow, that's really powerful, Caroline. And I really enjoy hearing the stories of how these digital health tools are expanding healthcare access. Would you be able to share a story of a patient that you interacted with that really highlighted the work that you're doing? I know we have a couple we could choose from, but I definitely want to hear from from you. Oh, yeah, there are, there's so many. <laughs> and I usually get very emotional when I get to the house and just sit and think of some of these cases. It's mind-blowing. But one of the patients that I literally just met recently was it last week. She's a 65-year-old lady who has been diagnosed with hypertension for the past five years, but because she did not have money to spend, to go to hospital, to get drugs, to get consultant review. She just neglected it. She said, as long as she's okay, she has grandchildren to take care of. She does not have the money to spend to go to get health care. So when she saw me passing by, she called me and we sat down and had a conversation and actually told her, oh yeah, I'm seeing you having issues because her hypertension has progressed to uh, cardiac disease. Until it has progressed to cardiac disease, but we're going to log in your case to a cardiologist online and we're able to provide her drugs. And now she's on drugs and hypertensive drugs. And I was able to be guided by a cardiologist on what to do going forward. And I was able to relay that to this lady and she was so relieved. She was like, oh my God, I've been saved so much. I, I didn't, she literally has not been to the hospital for the first three years because of the hassle. So we've literally saved her the hassle. Most probably should not have gone to the hospital at all, you know, but now we've come in at the right time. I wish we had come in earlier, three years ago, then had the heart disease, but it is well. So currently she's on follow-up with us on our telemedicine platform and with me on the ground. So it's really, really awesome. And I'm, I get really proud when I see patients happy because now they get the help that they need. It makes me happy, basically. So yeah, I hope we keep doing this more and more. That's incredible, Caroline. And I don't think we have any plans to ever stop doing this work. I mean, it's truly life-saving and it's really incredible to imagine that we're connecting healthcare workers in the U.S. with healthcare workers like you all around the world to treat patients together at absolutely no cost to the patient as well. It's truly a remarkable process. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you think telemedicine could be expanded, not only in quality, but in Kenya as a whole, and what benefits that could bring? It will, it will reduce the burden that our healthcare system is uh, grappling with right now when it comes to the ratio of consultants to the number of patients they're seeing. Because we all know there are very few consultants in our country who are able to attend to certain cases. So now you go to these major hospitals and you get a backlog. I know very far old hospital where you, would, you can be booked three months, four months later. You know, they tell you able to see you, but with telemedicine, it can be as simple as 
instant. You understand? You come in, you have an issue. I just have to log it in and we get a response in 24, 48 hours. And we're able to cater for this backlog that has been going on. Even cancer patients, will you believe? You go to the hospital, you're given a referral a clinic date four months from the day you are being seen at the hospital. So you can imagine so many things can change in four months, you know. Telemedicine can be able to be used to reduce this burden that our system is facing when it comes to access to consultants. Because all we need is you need a guidance, you need what to be told what to do, you need to know what this patient needs, unless it's surgery. And even then, if we reduce the backlog when it comes to other consultations, then the surgeries also can be done quickly for patients who need them. So I feel like telemedicine is the future. I feel like telemedicine is something that we should embrace because then our patients will benefit from all these services. Thank you, Caroline. And the Addis Clinic, as some listeners know, was currently working on partnerships with a couple of county health ministries throughout Kenya to implement our telemedicine solutions as well and expand access to clinical officers throughout the country. So thank you for sharing that, Caroline. And switching gears a little bit, Caroline, you do a lot of work on empowering girls to know their reproductive rights and just know their rights as well. Also, you're a pretty vocal advocate against GBV. Could you talk a little bit about what got you into that work and why you're so passionate about it? I'll start with GBV. GBV, where I'm at now in terms of career, was molded by how I was raised, the experiences I went through when I was a kid. Uh, so medicine, of course, with my grandma and then GBV, because people might not know this, I was raised in a farm, in a household that had a lot of violence growing up. So I've grown up seeing what gender-based violence does to the family. You understand? So I can actually tell my, call myself a survivor. So I already understand how people are affected by violence when it treated in a family. Uh, and I would not want, and I would not like to see other people go through the same. So I kind of like come from an area of, I understand. You see, when someone is going through, it's very hard for you to tell them, I literally know what you're feeling. But when it comes to things like violence, I can literally say, I know how it feels. I know the struggles that people coming from such households go through. And that's why I want to be that helping hand when it comes to psychosocial, when it comes to physical care. So I feel like I am in a good space to kind of like talk about that. When it comes to sexual reproductive health and rights, we live in a community that we're very shy to talk about our bodies. We're very shy to talk about sex and reproductive health and periods. You know, we actually don't have these conversations. So I want to see a future where we can openly talk to our kids about sex, about reproductive health, about what is normal and what is abnormal, about pregnancy, you understand? Because then that will help the coming generation get through certain challenges. Because I've seen young girls, they come to me and tell me, I've been having a vaginal discharge and I've just, I just thought it was normal. It was not normal, it was an infection, understand? So this girl has been dealing with an infection for months and not getting help because she thought it was normal, because she had no one to talk to about, you understand? I've had girls who don't understand their bodies. Why is my body behaving like this? I've, and that's why they get into certain situations. Now, when a girl gets pregnant, she comes to you, she does not understand. I kid you not, you've been in situations where a girl is visibly pregnant, but she did not understand what was going on with her body. She did not understand pregnancy. It sounds weird, but it has happened. You know, the girl is pregnant, she's visibly pregnant, but she does not understand what is going on with her body. You understand? So these are certain things we need to fight for, you know, if you want to live in a community where 
especially our girls, understand their bodies and how to take care of themselves. That is the best way to empower our young girls. Well, Caroline, you've shared so much powerful and impactful information. I don't even know where to begin, but I think the point that I really want to highlight is what you just explained about people not knowing what they don't know. And that's why your work is so important. And from what I understand, for so many of these girls and women, you are the first person who's been able to talk to them in a medically informed way, in a comfortable, confidential setting about their own bodies. And that work right there, Caroline, is truly inspiring. And it leads to my next question. One of my favorite pictures from the Addis Clinic is one you sent me a few months ago. It was a picture of you with all the girls at Henny's Children's Center right in front of the orphanage. Could you talk a little bit about how you came to know Henny's Children's Center and the support you're providing for the girls at that center as well? Uh, the work we're doing at Henny's is amazing. Those girls are just amazing. They call me big sister, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> when I go in all their issues, they're like, big sister, I have a problem, big sister. And then we go on the side and they tell me all their issues stemming from sexual reproductive health and others. And we just talk, you understand? That's the kind of space I want to create. Um, I feel like uh, girls should have when it comes to talking about uh, their bodies and stuff. The community in Kuala is susceptible to early childhood marriage. You get nine-year-olds who are being married off to very old men. They're susceptible to, the girls are susceptible to violence, rape. Uh, so a home like Henny's is kind of like a safe space where they are rescued and they are kept there as a safe space where they're able to grow in school in whatever they want to do. So then they're taken away from the toxic uh, environment and brought to this kind of like safe space. So when I learned of Henny's and realized that's the kind of work they're doing, I definitely wanted to join in and be part of the process and provide our services and kind of like save them from any burden that they will be going through in terms of healthcare. I remember when I approached Judith for the very first time, I was really nervous because I felt like that home was too big. Maybe they will not accept me. And I went in and I was just like, this is what I'm providing. I want to cut the cost for you guys when it comes to providing medical services. That is what us at this clinic would like to do for you. And they are really welcoming. And I got to meet the girl. We got we have talks every weekend where we talk about things when it comes to menses, to uh, diseases that they like to learn about and stuff like that. And that's to working with them. And it has been very impactful because I even got to meet the head of Children Protection Services, Wale. He's called Mr. Kivuli. And he was really impressed. He's like, he's really impressed with the work we're doing. And now he'd like us to do more with other homes in Kuala because there are other homes like Hennies that we would he would like us to work with. And so I thought through Hennies, other people have seen our work and now we're expanding. And I'm really proud of that. That's a really thoughtful answer, Caroline, and I appreciate that. And we're coming to the end of our interview. So I have one more question for you. If you had 30 seconds to speak to everyone who could potentially support the Addis Clinic in your work, what would you tell them is the reason for supporting the Addis Clinic and specifically supporting the work you're doing in Kuala County? I hope this podcast uh, is an eye-opener for people who just kind of like see our work on the top and really don't know how deep it is. We are doing great work in Kuala County. We are doing great work for our women and girls. We are doing great work for our communities. And we would like you to support us because we want to expand this work, not only in Kenya, to any other country that is struggling with whatever issues, and we can support them. 
well, Caroline, you're an inspiration, not only to all the women and girls that you're serving in Kuala, but I know you're personally an inspiration to me. The work that you're doing truly changes the world. And I don't think a lot of people can say that. Everyone, Caroline, Senior Clinical Officer and Director of Red Mobile Clinics in Kuala County, Kenya. Caroline, thank you for being with us today. Having me, this was awesome. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to our interview with Caroline Wanjiru, Senior Clinical Officer with the Addis Clinic. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on our social medias at Addis Clinic on all handles. Thank you for being with us today for our very first episode and until next time.